Boom. <laughs> okay. All right. We're going to get started. I always count down because it helps me out. In five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to What's Basic. This is episode 15, and I'm so excited that you are watching or listening in. It's going to be a great episode. If this is your first time, I'm Bailey in What's Basic. And if it's your millionth time, welcome back. We love you, loyal people. Um, this episode is my first ever sponsored episode. If you're on YouTube, the cups, boom. What's Bae say? You can see my guest is holding up a cup, too. She's going to get introduced in just a second. But it's Creative Designs, and it's with a K. Follow them on Instagram. These cups are cute. They're so cute. They're great size. Got a straw. Look, Last I'll take a sip. straw. Cheers. Little clink. Boom. What a thing. But Creative Designs with a K. Thank you so much. These cups are adorable, and you can go on their page to get them, or you can talk to me, and we'll get you one. But besides that, um, as you guys can already hear and see, I have an amazing woman of God across from me. I have Miss Lindsay Barges. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. This one has been one I've been anticipating <laughs> and waiting for because Lindsay is actually my mentor and someone that I look up to tremendously in faith, in life, in marriage, in every category. So um, if it's cool and if you've ever liked anything I said, it might have came from Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> You're giving me a lot of credit right no, now. No, I am. You've always been somebody that literally, even when she was in Australia, which she's going to talk a little bit about that part of her life, when she was there, I would call her and it would be such different times and crazy parts of life but if I was upset or I had a bible question or I needed insight and I didn't have anyone I could go to and um I went to God but I wanted a further perspective and advice I would go to Lindsay so Lindsay is great and you guys are going to learn so much so if you've never taken notes this is the one to take notes in because we are about to go in we're gonna go in we're gonna have fun but we're gonna go in yes of course <laughs> always the perfect balance so like I said I've found I've known Lindsay my whole life, I think. I, mean, I don't know. white, curly-haired, blondy little Bailey, like three years old. Yes, like ever since I can you. remember, yeah. Lindsay has been in my life and her family. Um, originally, Lindsay Crane, but Lindsay Barr, just now the Crane family. Um, everyone's incredible, and I'm still so love your family so much. Every time I see everybody, I get so excited. But they're like a good family friends of my parents, and so we grew up around Lindsay. She babysat us, and then as she got older and she pursued ministry, um, it was kind of just a no-brainer that we would connect on that because we had similar passions, and we were talking about last night how we have, um, we want a lot of the same things for our life, but she's just further along than me in it, so I was like, duh, this makes sense that we would <laughs> be so close, so um, that's kind of how we know each other, and I have a lot of funny memories of, like, dance parties and being so embarrassing, <laughs> and, like, 
<laughs> obnoxious and we thought we were like uh, we will stuff. not put that on the podcast yeah, yeah no 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 <laughs> we can't tell all of our secret dance moves but no some of the dances that Lindsay taught us though as kids we do them as adults so like <laughs> we did we would learn a dance routine from Lindsay, and then we would teach our friends and now like I'm 23 and we're still doing the same things That's so funny so you've you've contributed a lot to my personal dance ministry <laughs> wow if people see you dance I hope that makes me look good it does okay. yes we always we always look good but yes yeah, so there's so many good moments so many um funny moments and just I cherish you I cherish um the person you are and like I said in every category I just feel like nothing no one's life's perfect and I know that um it can look that way sometimes but Lindsay just really loves God and she really loves people and it shows through every avenue so i'm so excited but yeah that's kind of how we know each other and um now Lindsay is gonna let you guys get to know her so she's gonna share her testimony and uh the spark notes versions of her testimony and um, definite spark notes yes but. the highs and the lows and whatever you're comfortable sharing but Lindsay, your testimony Linda. before i start i just want to say like Bailey said, we've known each other for a really long time, and I'm just really proud of her obedience to what God's put on her heart. And as you listen to this podcast, I'm sure you've already heard if you haven't listened, or maybe this is your first time, but she's just decided to be obedient with this podcast and do what God's put in her hand. And if you're listening today and you're like, you know, there's something that I really want to do or there's something, pray for God's timing, Yes. but then step into it and don't hesitate. And yeah. I think it's really beautiful to see what you've done with this and just being obedient and the people that it's reaching and the way it's impacting lives and you're just getting started yeah. and I believe God's really going to use it. I'm proud of you and to watch you grow uh, into this has been a privilege. Oh, I love you so, so it's much. an honor to be on here today. It really is. I don't take it lightly. Um, and a little bit about me, my testimony, like Bailey said, she gave a really kind introduction. <laughs> um, I was raised in church my whole life. Um, and I know some of the listeners, you might not be a Christian, you might not know Jesus, and that might not be where you're at. But I think it is really cool to just pause and listen to someone's story yeah. and how they got to the point in their life where they are, because God is in it, maybe whether you realize it or not yet. Yeah. Um, so I was raised in church my whole life. I remember having like very real encounters with God, with the Holy Spirit when mm -hmm. I was a little girl. And my parents will tell this story. Well, they'll remember walking to my bedroom door and just hearing me like pray over our house and over oh. our family and like protection and just all of these things that I would just hear in church and just like step into this like boldness to pray over my house. That was and, like, me. I literally thought I was T.D. Jake <laughs> five years ago. Wow. I was like going around. I was like, the Lord said it. And I'd clap and stop and my parents were like, what's, what's going so on? Um, but God was just so real to me from a yeah. very young age. And then I would say like the pressures of friends and pleasing people, a tendency that I have that I've had to realize over the years is I'm a people pleaser and I care what people think and that can be to my detriment. So I have to be aware of that. But yeah. um, with friends, with people, with pressure, with wanting to fit in, mm -hmm. you know, just made certain mistakes and drifted from God. I remember there was a point in my life, this is I will be nothing but full real today, so I'll, I'll tell it all. Yes. But I remember a point in high school, I was laying in my bed, and <clears throat> I was raised in a home where it's not an option to go to church on Sunday. 
praise God for that. I'm so thankful that my dad was like, if your friends spend the night on a Saturday night, we're all waking up and we're going to church together on Sunday morning. No option. Um, Mm -hmm. Looking back, I'm so grateful because how we position our children, I don't know if anyone who listens has children, but how we position our children as they grow has such a huge impact on their life. And it's our job as parents to get to do that. That's a side note. I was laying in my bed one night and I remember being like, God, I've done these things that I know would disappoint you. I've, I've, mm-hmm. I feel like I can't even pray. Like I just remember, and the enemy loves to try to paralyze us and think that we can't talk to God yep. because we've sinned or because we've failed or because we've done something that we think separates us from him. And I just remember like getting teary-eyed and being like, I just wish I hadn't made these decisions or I yeah. wish I hadn't. I felt shame because sin does that. It tries to make us feel shameful. And I just decided like this isn't, who I want to be anymore. And I started digging and I started pulling in some voices around me that corrected that incorrect whisper that told me I was far from God. And um, then I continued and I was very hot and cold all through high school. And when I graduated, um, a friend of mine was like, there is this college in Australia. We need to go to this college. And I remember that day so clearly. And I remember being like, Number one, that sounds like a cool experience. Let's go and do this. It was not because it was a Bible college. Many of you who are listening might be familiar with Hillsong Church, Hillsong College. Phenomenal environment. Absolutely changed my life. I'll get to that in a minute. But at the time, I was just like, I'm 18. I don't really want to go do the sorority thing. There's nothing wrong with the sorority (laughs) thing. I was just like, I wanted. I almost thought of it as like a traveling year, you know? Like maybe there's this Aussie guy waiting for me. That's what I was thinking, an accent. (laughs) I got over there and I was like, look, the accent's cool, but not for me. Um, No, my dad like made me promise. He was like, please come back to America. Like you cannot raise my grandchildren and my mom, like across the the world. Um, So we apply, we get in and we go. And like I said, I was still one foot in, one foot out. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, this is a Bible college. Like maybe God's going to speak to me there. We'll Mm -hmm. we'll just kind of see how it goes. But I'm pumped for the beaches. I'm pumped for the trips I'm going to go on. I'm pumped for all it means to live in Australia. Um, Which is not the mentality a lot of people have. Like I get here and I'm sitting around students who have been praying to get a visa for 10 years or saving their money for 10, 15 years to just go to this school and be a part of this school. They feel called by God. They know what they want to do. And that wasn't me. So I get there. Um, It's like our second or third chapel and the presence of God was absolutely tangible. And the more that I sat under this teaching, the more that, I mean, just every light bulb came on and I just felt like God in that environment, I can't remember one specific moment. It was regularly sitting in these chapels and letting his word come alive. Like the word of God is alive and active and it became alive and active in my life. And when that happened, everything changed. Like everything changed. I remember sitting outside my house in Australia. We lived with like seven different girls. It was girls from, still some of my closest friends were in my wedding, um, but they're from like Sweden, France, like, all over Europe, Africa, like, and we're all in this house together. It was the coolest experience. And, um, but every evening after God totally captivated my heart, I would sit outside in this chair and I would just open my Bible and I would read like certain scripture and I'd call my dad and be like, dad, the Bible says this, like, it it makes sense. Like, it's like this church kid who was in church my whole life. I know these passages, Yeah, but 
God was doing something in me. My heart responded to him. And as I opened his word, everything came alive. Everything became real. I felt like I could apply everything. And that's why when I talk about Jesus, talk about the Bible, it's like I'm not trying to sell you on something, telling you you have to change your lifestyle, that this is what it means to be a Christian. I'm just like, this word will fully equip you for everything you step into. This life that God has for you is joyful and beautiful and exciting and an adventure. And like the way he takes your hand and leads you, like I genuinely don't know what I would do without it, Yeah, you know? So after Bible college, um, I met my husband. That was the best part of being in Australia. Um, He was not Australian. He was a West Virginian. Mm. He was American. I've heard of those. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I've heard of those. I think a lot of people have heard of those. Um, So he's from West Virginia, born and raised there. Um, We met in Bible college and knew pretty quickly that we were going to spend the rest of our life together. We wanted the same things. We wanted to do ministry. We both felt called. Yeah. Um, and then we, while we were in Bible college, Hillsong, New York City started in New York. Mm-hmm. And we both very much felt called to go and be a part of that. And we weren't offered a job there. When we moved there, we weren't getting paid to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually like three, two or three years, two years before we were on staff at the church. Um, but we just moved and said, whatever we can do to help get this off the ground, let's do it. Wow. We felt called to do it. So we got other jobs that worked with church and said, let's do this because we're passionate about it. And this is what God said to do. So let's go. Um, and it was so much fun. So much learning. I, we could do five podcasts about everything God taught me in the first year yeah. of doing what he said to do, but working another job in a very expensive city yeah. and just remaining when he said go and doing what he asked us to do. And it wasn't like a go and then here it's all laid out for you. It was no. like go, wait, be one day at a time. So this, so that I'm doing and you're like, Okay, God, I trust you. Like Yeah. And so then um when they wanted to launch a campus in New Jersey, they came to Matt and I and said, Do you want to launch the campus in New Jersey and be the campus pastors? And I remember after they said that looking at Matt and being like we're not going to like be youth pastors first. Like we're straight out of Bible college. Like this isn't the order you go in, you know, like campus pastors. I'm 22. Like I was 22. Um, My husband was 28. And I just remember being like, okay, but I was so wide eyed and I knew that God had asked us to go there. Um, And we enjoyed the whole time and the whole process of building. And we have people that we would call family still in New Jersey. um, Sweet. That we love and adore transitioning from that church was probably one of the hardest decisions. Yeah. Um, but at the same time in 2020 and early 2020, we just felt God put a complete shift on our hearts mm-hmm. to church plant. And we are in between right now. And that's what brought us back to Gainesville. We're having a preparation season before yes. we go. And we are, it's which I am so grateful for this season. <laughs> Me too. In between so good. Lindsay's amazing ministry stuff and her and Matt's amazing ministry stuff that they got to take a little break and a preparation. And I get to be like in the front seat of the preparation and get to pray and believe and then also just hang out with you guys. So yeah. I'm like, this was just a win, 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 win for me. And love all my kids <laughs> the in the meantime. They oh, love you. I love Mila and Briggs are the sweetest. Yeah. And so. my sister, you, Lynn, yeah, we just, this has been so good. Um, and now, like Lindsay said, she's living in Georgia and uh, her and Matt are attending church here and just growing and learning and, um, developing for what you're about to do and kind of just waiting on the 
right time, you know, all that good stuff. Um, one funny thing I was going to mention when you were talking, your friend from Switzerland is Jen? Sweden. Jennifer. S- Jennifer, Sweden. Sorry. Uh, I When she came to Lindsay's wedding, she stayed with us because you were, like, I doing um, oh my your gosh. wedding stuff. And so whenever she got here, she – I don't know if she ever been to Georgia or America in general, but she was, <laughs> like uh, – so cute, so she's like accent, best. and she's like, "I want to do American things." And we were, me and mom were like, "What's the most American thing we can think of?" And so we took her to the mall, and we got great American cookies because we were like, "Duh, this is yeah. like what you do." And then I think we took her to Waffle House and Walmart, and we were like, right. "You're cultured." <laughs> she was probably very underwhelmed. Yeah, um, she's like, "America's not the most hype," but yeah, that's so funny. Also, I'm so sorry. I um. We have, as always, Ty. I've been slacking. You need to like. And I'm just trying to get just some, just some love over here. I'm so <laughs> sorry. I was so excited to start with Lindsay. I'm so sorry. Uh, as always, the man behind what's base day production, editing, all the things. Um, Ty Smith is on the other uh, headset, and he is going to be imparting some wisdom and hanging out with us and just um, honestly just doing everything because he's the man. So Yeah, behind the scenes. Behind the scenes, Ty Smith. Welcome. But uh, do you have any questions off what Lindsay said, Ty, to include you in this convo? Because <laughs> that was my bad. No, you're good. Yeah, I mean, just my first initial thought, Lindsay, when you were talking about, like, I, I did not know this. I knew you went to New York City and did the Hillsong thing, but I did not know you literally moved up there with no job in no the job. most expensive city in America. And like, you just literally jumped and you did it. And like, I mean, what was that like? Like, when you, like, did you get try to get a job and then move? Or did you move and be like, oh, I guess we'll just figure it out? Or I like, actually have a story about this part of the process. Um, you asking that question made me realize, like it's one of my favorite stories of this part because it shows the good soil that I'm from, my family. Um, Matt and I, so where Matt's family is from in West Virginia, we moved back from Australia and we stayed with them because they are four hour drive from like their doorstep to New York City where we were having church. Okay. So we were like, we're going to drive up on the weekends for church, but we're going to stay. We stayed on our really good friend's um, couch or no, he had a guest room actually. We stayed in his guest room in Brooklyn and we drove up like three weekends in a row and we looked for apartments Mm -hmm. and we looked for jobs. So we started applying. We started look. I mean, we nothing was off the table. We were just like, let's just find something, and then mm-hmm. if we want to shift jobs or whatever, in the meantime, like we will, and then we would drive home. And after the third Sunday of doing this, Matt and I, I remember we were sitting on the floor. It, we had eight services at the time. We were in this tiny little venue for mm-hmm. church, but just the lines were around the block. People were showing up. God was moving. It was so beautiful. We were so excited to be a part of this, mm-hmm. and um, it was like the eighth service of the day. It was like 10 o'clock at night almost. And we're sitting by the like bar in the back of this like theater venue, sitting side by side after like serving for the day because we just jumped in on whatever team would have us. And I remember my dad calling me. He probably thought we were already like driving home. Mm -hmm. And I looked at Matt and the service was about to start. And I was like, I'm just going to go answer this call. And I walked outside and I'm like, hey, dad. And he's like, you know, how'd it go? Did you find anything on jobs, anything on apartments, anything on whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, you know what? Like, we're just going to have to go home again and just like drive up again next weekend. And he goes, hey, I just really felt like I needed to call and tell you, did God tell you to move to New York or did he tell you to move to West Virginia? And I was like, 
do explain like what are yeah, you saying go, like go we're, we're trying dad to move to New York and he was like I think you need to pack up your stuff and you need to go to New York and everything that you need is going to be there if that's where God's called you to go Wow. And I remember having such a gut check because here we are like so excited thinking we're doing all the right things and being obedient. Yeah. And we were. We went home, packed the car with everything that we had. We did not have a an apartment to go to and we did not have a job wow. to take. By the end of that week, by the end of that day, we signed a lease. And by the end of that week, Matt had a job. And within two weeks, I had a job. Wow. So sometimes God's just waiting for us to go. We fully trust you. Yeah. You know, like, let's fully step out in obedience. You told us to move to New York. You told us this is where we're called to go. Mm-hmm. And literally from the time we did that, packed up the car and left, like, I can say, and I told you this last night when we were talking, God has provided every time on time that we've needed. Yeah. Because he honors obedience and he honors sacrifice and he honors you being willing yeah. to trust him and looking crazy because a lot yeah of people, we look really crazy lot, i remember talking to lizzie and she's like it doesn't make much sense but i remember you making your four-hour drives and i would you'd be like i have a long drive if you need to call me we're in the car for four hours and i was like oh my gosh what the heck so y'all if you don't drive 20 minutes to church let me heart check you <laughs> lindsay and matt drove four hours and did eight services we love you anyways. Yeah. Online's great, but yeah. <laughs> nothing like being in the house though. Yeah, get to church. Yeah, get to church. <laughs> Come on. No, that's so good. I um so much to be taken from that. We something that I've learned in my life, even at twenty three, is that when you know God's called you to something, um, one, it can look crazy to everyone else, but most people in the Bible did. Like there I For sure. you can reference over and over again people who were like I'm sure if I was there, whenever any of the Bible stories happened, I'd be like, are you sure? Like, God said, put the staff down. Just kidding. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah like, I'm like, are you sure you heard I mean, God? Noah, or like, are you kidding yeah, me? He's oh. building an ark and people are looking at him like, what are you doing? Yeah, and he's like, we need two of every animal. We're like, what? Like, <laughs> Noah's on some drugs. Like, <laughs> what the world? So I can. And maybe people thought that about us, you know? Yeah. Like, going to New York without a job. I mean, I am so thankful for the support of my family, but I know. So many people were like to my parents, Dana, they're doing what? Stacy, they're doing what? Like yeah. you're gonna let them and my parents are like Yeah, it's when, gonna be okay. You when know? you know it's from God though, like it can look like that certainly, and we see that in scripture, but then the moment that you fully embrace whatever God's calling you to, and a lot of times I think um I had a problem with this. I would get the end destination, but I didn't know like the route to get there. So I you knew like New York hill song but you didn't know exactly like okay where am i gonna live what am i gonna do no. what's my job gonna be and it's like a lot of the times god gives you that in destination without the play-by-play play-by-play step of it because that's where the trust comes in that's where your faith comes in and it's not just trust it's the absolute being changed yeah, by god in literally. the process it's a part of the process that god wants to do in you like i wouldn't be who i am today without that part of learning trust yes you know in so the moment by moment obedience and surrender over and over again without having the all the like oh all and the we place. had days before we were offered a job where we're like gosh this is hard mm-hmm. This is hard, God. And then we'd go to church on a Sunday and be like, but we're right in the middle of what we're called to do. You know, yes. we knew. And then we go to work on Monday and we're like, this is hard. You know, <laughs> it doesn't mean that when God's called you to something, it's not hard or that you don't have a challenge or that you don't doubt or worry or mm, that you're not tempted to doubt good. or worry. And I think God teaches you in the moments where you do doubt and worry, like 
you know, you're intended to keep your eyes on me. Yeah. And when you do, I will honor that. And yeah. when you do, I will provide. And when you do, I will show up. And when you do, like my presence is more sufficient than needing the money or the stable home that you wanted before you had a baby or like all these things that the world says you have to tick for life to make sense. Like God's like, I don't operate that way. No, yeah. I'm God. And he's like, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of the times it's just like he's waiting on. We like 75% trust him. But then when you 100% trust him and you really just go, okay, God, I, I'm obviously not in the wheel. I'm not at the wheel. I'm not in control. You do what you want. And as you need, like, I will surrender over and over again. Even though I don't understand it, even though I'm not fully on board yet, I still trust you. And I still know that what you have for me is better than anything I could have ever made for myself. And when you do that, it's like, ah. Oh, Here's that thing you were struggling and fighting me for. Like, (laughs) so good. So if you are, the tools to be taken from that is if you are in a place where God has called you to, but it doesn't look exactly like you thought it was going to look, God's still probably in it. (laughs) Like, because most of the time he goes above and beyond, but there is a process to your miracle. And there's a process to even your purpose, I think that there's a process to all of it. So if God's called you and you know God's called you and maybe everyone else might be questioning it, if you know, stay faithful, stay obedient, and stay sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and I promise you that it will work itself out. If you just continuously totally. work at it, he's He's doing stuff. You just don't know. And sometimes you want it to look how you want it to look. Mm-hmm. And we are innocently, without realizing, playing God. And we can't do that. Lindsay checks me on that a lot. I'm, like, fasting and praying for something, and I'm, like, this is what I want to happen. She's, like, so are you praying for God's will or are you praying for what you want? And I'm, like, mm. <laughs> I'm, like, both. Can I pray for both? You can. You yeah. Can. I'm, like, I'm praying for both, but ultimately, so I started praying literally after our, me in full tears crying and then talking to you um, a couple months ago. I was like, all right, God, this is what I want. This is my dream outcome for XYZ situation. But more than my wants, I want your will. And I just put your kingdom come, your will be done in Bailey. And I just like let released. And when I released, I'm telling you, there was like, it didn't work itself out immediately, but there was a pressure off of me that was like, I'm really not in control. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm really not. We realize we're not God. Yeah. And it really did. It's peaceful. It, it it's much more whole, peaceful. Then yeah. we stop trying to be controlling. So, so, so good. That was great. We're not, we're not even like, I know. Into I'm our like are we going to take too much time? No, 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 you're good. The next <laughs> one will go a little bit faster. So um, the next thing I want to talk about, because this would just be a missed opportunity to not talk about mentorship with a mentor <laughs> in my life. Um, so I made a joke. I have a couple godly women who are a little bit older than me, a little bit further along than me. And I would say, I have some that I go to to validate the way I feel and to love on me and to, <laughs> oh, like, what? give... No, 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 listen. This I know is, what you're going to say. To give me the cookie dough and to, <laughs> to watch the sad romance movie. And then I have Lindsay, who loves on me. She'll still give me healthy cookie dough. But <laughs> her and Matt will point me to the word of God and they will send me with resources and they will say, you need to read this. You need to look up this. You need to go and you need to study this person. And I'm like getting all the love that I need and still validated. But then they also give me the tools that I need biblically to figure out whatever it is I'm going through. So I think a good healthy mentorship tip is that you need to do both. You need to love on the person and realize that we're human and realize that Sometimes our emotions are high, and sometimes life sucks, and sometimes you need a hug. But then as much as you need a hug and you need those 
I love those chocolate covered blueberry things I was eating. Yeah. Those are, what are the Brookshire? Brookshire. Brookstone. Whatever those are yeah. called. What are mm. they called? I don't know, but I like them. Whatever they're called. <laughs> we eat them <laughs> and we talk about our feelings, but then we also talk about, okay, but what does God say about this? And I think that that's something that I really value in you guys. So healthy mentorship, a tip for me off of personal experience with my mentors is that a good mentor not only loves you for where you are and for who you're going to be, but they point you to the word of God and they really back up everything they're saying with, well, I know that in scripture I've seen this and it just brings a different level of credibility because it's clear that the truth is the truth and it's unarguable. Um, But it's like both are important, I guess, is my first tip. But what's a tip you would say? Yeah, I would say the first thing that I've learned over the years, I haven't always done this correctly, and Mm -hmm. it's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned, is don't choose your mentor based on their gifting. Mm. Choose your mentor based on their character and their integrity. So when you look at someone's life, how do they treat their wife? How do they treat their husband? What is their home like? If you get to go into their home, what is it like when you're in their home? Yeah. How do they speak about people when they're talking about other people? Um, when they step off platform, is their life more admirable when they're not operating in their gifting or their calling mm-hmm. off platform than yeah. when they're on the platform? Um, you know, what are their kids like? Like, yeah. is, it, is, is their life well-rounded enough to want to follow and Mm. want to be like that's so good um I would definitely say to ask those few questions because that matters more than going they can sing they can preach they can create they can whatever it is that you're passionate about and you want to be mentored by this person their gifting is great but the greatest things you'll take from people are people who are people of character and integrity yeah I think that that's a great example of like things are caught, better caught, not taught. So like, it's like, I'm just being around you and seeing the way that you and Matt prioritize date nights. And it's like, okay, when I get married, they have a really healthy marriage. So I need to make sure that we're having dates and that we're having fun together and that we're not just like going through the motions, but you're continuously trying new things or, you know, with Mila and Bricks, like how you handle their, if they're, upset how you like get on their level with them and like taking those things and being like that was cool how she did that she honored God she honored whoever it is and it's like okay that wouldn't have been that couldn't be taught it's more like I just saw it it. yeah Yeah. and then it's like okay that's something that's like true because there's no light to cameras and I told her Lindsay last night I'm like the reason that I kind of trust people is I see like Lindsay doesn't gain anything from pouring into my life like you obviously you become a better leader or whatever but like I'm not paying her like she's not like anything (laughs) like that it's literally out of like the goodness and the abundance of her heart so for me when it comes to mentoring it's like if I can't give this person anything but I just want to learn from them and I just want to go to your house and sit under you and ask you questions and learn from you and learn from Matt and learn from your parenting and all that and I'm like but I don't have anything to give you I'm more just want to like ask you questions and I'm like and if they're willing to do that I guess that's kind of like how I judge off their character because I'm like there's no one's posting about it like we don't put I don't I'm not like Lindsay's the best mentor every single day like whatever you don't get the affirmation it's like intentional time with me 
because you care about me and you care about my calling. And that's how I'm like, okay, that's someone I can trust. And there are going to be times where you see our humanity. Yeah, like, of course. There are going to be times where Matt and I might have a little moment in front of you. Or there might be times where I don't get it right in parenting. Because that's another thing. We can hold our mentors to this, like, high standard of, like, you know, I just said, character and integrity. That's a huge deal. But, yeah. But they're still human. Mm -hmm. And I like to, you know, think of follow me as I follow Christ. Like the person who's mentoring you follow Christ in them, take the good and then give grace to where they can grow because every human until we go home one day, like we will have areas of growth. We will have areas that we can get better. We won't always get it right, but follow me as I follow Christ, follow Christ in me. Yeah, I think that's good. And leave the rest. And I think like, that, and, and ask God for the wisdom to discern yeah. what to leave behind. You and know? I think it's good that when you're, if you're either in the place of like, I want to be a mentor, I feel called to mentor someone, that you know that you actually gain credibility by being real and being vulnerable. For like sure. our relationship isn't just built if I'm the only one ever talking about my life my struggles then you've kind of made yourself perfect in my eyes and I feel like I can't like come to you about stuff but if I'm if I say to you I'm struggling with this and you're like well I struggled with that or I'm currently struggling with that that kind of actually builds a little bit more trust and a little bit more um like transparency I feel like breeds transparency so as you like let yourself be open to someone then they'll be open but I thought that I had to be perfect for the girls that I mentor Kate and Reagan and all them and I was like they can never see me cry like I want my relationship to be perfect so that their relationship can be good and healthy but one day I was crying um before my small group and they were all coming over and I didn't want them to see me cry and my mom was like I think you need to let them see you cry because they just like they don't really see that side of you they only see you as happy and perfect and whatever and so I was like, that's so awkward. So I went in and I literally was like just crying and I couldn't even get a word out. I was just really upset about something that was going on. And um, it was the most powerful small group we've ever had. They prayed over me. They just like came around me and hugged on me and prayed on me and they affirmed Christ in me. And I told them, I explained what was happening. And they said, we didn't even know that you argued with people like we had no idea like we thought you just always were 100% on and I was like oh my gosh I'm so sorry I've dehumanized myself to you and I put myself on like a pedestal and I I didn't mean to it was out of the goodness of my heart but it's like you have to be real not with everyone because you don't want to get your trust like manipulated or your words manipulated but if you're in the position where you want to mentor someone as much as you think struggle disqualifies you and overcoming things disqualifies it actually qualifies you it qualifies you so that's like a good little thing that I had to learn it would be hard to sit under a mentor that always acted like they had it all together yeah I think that it helps I don't know what you could much that you could learn from them honestly yeah and then one of the last things we'll say about mentorship in specific is that if you um either a mentor to me is someone who walks through life with you like I said who you can call in the good times, you can call in the bad times, who you can get godly perspective on. If you're just confused about a verse, like it's someone that you can go to and say, hey, what did you, how do you interpret this? Or how do you study this? Or do you know anything about this? Um, But if you don't have a mentor, something that Lindsay said that was good is that mentorship might not look like across the table coffee. No. It might look like sitting under a pastor and they're mentoring you. 100%. Matt and I have been so mentored by Pastor Jensen since we've been here. Yeah. Like so much. And we've sat in his services on Sunday. We're not having coffee weekly. Yeah. Um, but God has used every message to speak to our hearts and 
breathe in conversation that we have when we go home yeah. from services and we're like recapping everything that God spoke to us in that service. Um, so don't walk in on a Sunday morning and underestimate the power of your pastor that you've submitted under, like for them to be able to help mentor yeah. you in your life. Like a Sunday is powerful because you walk in and God could have a word directly yeah. for you, directly in season that could completely change the course of the rest of your life, could give you clarity on your calling, direction, where you're supposed to go, what you're supposed to do next. I would encourage you if you've been struggling with like getting excited to go to church on Sunday, like walk in with expectation. Mm. I've had Sundays where I've been like, God, I need to hear from you. I need to hear a word from you. And whether it was in worship and he whispered something to my heart or if it was what the pastor spoke on that Sunday. And it felt like he was a fly on my wall all week, listening yeah. to what I was going to and like going through. And I'm looking at him like, this is for me. It's like me and you are the only person in the room, you know, and God yeah. works like that. He knows what you need. If you don't have a mentor to sit down with, there are so many other avenues. God is bigger than that. Like, yeah. you know, listen to a podcast, listen and be wise with the ones you choose. Cause some can be saying stuff that aren't good things to mentor you. Um, but a valid place that you trust, like if you're wanting to grow, if you're wanting to grow and be discipled or you want to grow in your craft, your gifting that you feel like yeah. you honor God with, whether it's your work, your business, like find someone who's doing it better than you are. Yep. Further and, along than you and what you're trying to do. Yeah. That's the most practical tip we can give. And if you want to mentor someone, look for someone like Lindsay knew that I had a heart for ministry and that I want to that I'm passionate for people, I care about some of the things. So she's like, I went through kind of I would never say I wanted to mentor you. Like, it's not that I don't. It's that you pursued that relationship. Yeah. I do think that if I want to be mentored, I should pursue that relationship. Oh, no, no, I agree. You know what I mean? If you're walking around going, I want to be a mentor. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we should talk. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> you know, the Bible also says don't think of yourself more highly than you are. You That's know, true. like maybe just keep getting better at your own heart and your own soul and yeah. your own spirit and say, God, if you if I have a desire to help people grow and you're not placing the people in my life, like what can I do yeah. to be a good mentor? Yeah. How can I grow? How can I change? Start in your prayer life. Open the word every day. He'll show you. Yeah. More so I meant like if someone's asking you to mentor them, but you don't connect with them and you're like like if I was like I want to be a race car driver. I'm not <laughs> saved, but can you mentor me? And you would I have try. to. You could try, but you're like. Uh, but then when someone asks you, and you're like, actually, I see a lot in you that I see in myself, and I also see you for like where God's gonna take you. And you're like, oh, I could like, we could connect, and then it's like, okay, we could do this. So I think that there's a healthy balance of like, if you want to be mentored, you have to seek them out, totally. and you have to intentionally make the time for them. But I think that. If you're scared to mentor someone because you're like, I don't want to lead them astray. If you're pointing them to God and you're loving on them, I don't totally. I don't think you can mess it up. Like you're you just gotta continuously point them to God. And mentoring, I told you, has saved me. Knowing that I had people looking up to me has saved me so much because I wasn't just making decisions for myself. I was making them for me and the people behind me. Mm -hmm. And it puts a different weight on you for sure, but it's a healthy weight because it keeps you from just being an idiot sometimes. Totally. Honestly. I want to read this passage in First Timothy because I think it just outlines what a mentor is or even just a leader in your life. Like if you're going to choose to place someone in your life, First um, Timothy 3, it says, An overseer therefore must be above reproach, the husband of one wife or the wife of one husband, self-controlled, sensible, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not an excessive drinker, not 
not a bully, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not greedy. He must manage his own household completely and have children under control with all dignity. Hello. Hello. Um, <laughs> if anyone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of God's church? If anyone doesn't know how to manage his own household, how will he manage to be a good mentor? You yeah. know what I mean? That's good. So that's why I said when you that look outline. beyond into someone's kind of personal life before you make the decision. That's amazing. Go, Lindsay. Go Bible. <laughs> well, go Bible because it always has the answer. You know, Literally. it always it always maps it out. But mentorship is important. All this to say to wrap it up, I think that small groups, mentorship, accountability, just godly people in your circle, in your inner circle who are doing things that you want to do, totally. whether they're further along or you guys are walking through it together, I think it's so, so, so important because you can remind each other of why you started. You can also see blind spots. You also just have someone to call. So if you don't have that sense of community, I think that that's a good thing to pray for, to ask God for. And then sometimes you have to just step out a little bit and like yeah. make yourself vulnerable. For sure. Just go join a small group. Go find community. We God designed for us to do life in community. And like, you know, you don't call your peers a mentor, I guess. But yeah. I've learned so much from my friends just over the years. Just godly community, honestly. So much from my friends. And trials they've gone through. And they're going through it, telling me all about it. And I'm, like, learning from them. Like, don't underestimate your friends. Yeah. And the power of their story and what they've been through. Because you guys can all learn from each other. And that is what our tote bag says. It says we're better together. And better that's together. how we're going to end Shout out to the tote bags. <laughs> you can get one. <laughs> We'll do that at the end. Professional um, podcasters. So yeah, I'm like, and on this episode, no. Um, that's so good. So the next thing we're gonna talk about is leadership tips. And I told Lindsay I'm really excited because I've been keeping a collection of tips that I've kind of just been learning um the last oops, I lost in my place. The last couple weeks and almost months and I've been like, Okay, God, when's the right time to share this? Like whatever. And then when I was praying about this podcast, I felt like this was a really good time to, um, for both of us to give perspective and just lessons we've learned in leadership and give you some practical tools. So obviously this one's a little bit, this podcast in general is dedicated a little bit more towards people who are believers, but in, um, the sense of you're not a believer yet, we can, you can also take this and it can be applicable to you because you need good people around you. You need people to learn from. For sure. And then in leadership, in whatever capacity you're leading, this could I still I still think this could benefit you. So some leadership tips that I wrote down and then you can kind of touch on them and type any of these, like speak to you guys or you want to expand on it. Um, one thing that I've really been, I guess, focusing on is never stop honoring. That's one of the main leadership tips that I've, been learning um, right now, and I've noticed because when I'm reading in my Bible a lot, like almost all the time, actually, when it starts the first book of the Bible, it says, "In first, I want to give honor to God, and I want to give honor to whoever they're writing to." Yeah. Um, and I was like, "There's not no word, no syllable, no comma, no punctuation is like unintentional in the Bible. Everything has intention." And I think that it was to show me, um, to show us the importance of honoring God. Like even when you're doing stuff for God and everyone knows your life is honoring God, your words are honoring God, but vocalizing it I think is really, really, really um, good. And not honoring um, in a way that's like, thank you God for my life and my cup, but like thank you God for who you are. Thank you for your patience, for your kindness and putting it all on him and not for what he can do for you, but for who he is. Um, That's what I've been learning recently and then honoring people those above you those under you and the way that you talk to them and the way that you talk about them 
so important. The way that you talk about your leaders um, and those above you and those who you lead is so important um, because you can hurt and hinder those relationships and you can hurt your own relationship because people could take one thing and go with that. And then um, one thing that I've learned too is don't stop doing the things that helped you get to where you are now. So for me, that was like when I first came to Free Chapel um, and started serving in kids ministry, I set up toys. That was my job was to clean and set up toys. And I told you yesterday, I was cleaning Cleaning and set up toys. And I don't necessarily, um, we have people that intern and we have people that help and they do help me sometimes, but I, that could be something where I could be like, hey, can you guys do this? And I'm going to go do my email or I'm going to go to a meeting. And it, I got kind of a heart check and I was like, that's the thing that shaped me. And that's the thing I learned so much. I literally listened to sermons in that room. I pray over those toys. I was developed in that place. I cried in there sometimes because I was like, does this even matter? Like yeah. what I'm doing, Does I'm cleaning Legos. I don't know if you've ever tried to clean Legos. It's really hard. <laughs> like, it is I literally got rid of calico critters. If you know what those are, they're like furry little animals and I no, couldn't clean them. No. So I was like, this is gross. I'm not so doing this. Gross. So I just one day was like, they're gone. <laughs> I don't know. The parents, thank you for that. Yes, they were awful, but I, I would clean them and I would express my frustrations to God and I would explain like, do you have this for me, whatever. But I never, um, I never want to forget that. And I don't know like 10 years from the road, down the road, if I'll still be cleaning toys, but it was a significance for me that like this, without this Bailey, without your servanthood here, without your obedience here, you wouldn't be able to be in the rooms that you're in now and you wouldn't have the anointing that you have now. And it all started from being willing to clean toys. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't want to, whether it's don't despise small beginnings, that type of vibe. Um, I just think as leaders, we should never become too big to do the small. Yeah, to do anything. Like if I'm, I remember we were walking out of a forward conference and we had, forward conference is crazy. You're running around like insane. And we dropped ball pit balls and I um, was got to help be over the pre-service stuff. And so we had a meeting and we were like, we're going to drop thousands of ball pit balls. But then after service, we're going to have to clean up. In the arena, we had to like promise them that we would get them because we don't want to leave them in the arena and we want to honor the space we're in. So I remember I, um, we had a meeting that we were walking to and I was like walking up, but I saw all the college students picking up the ball pit balls and I was like, you that awkward. Like I do actually have somewhere I'm supposed to be and I really am supposed to be here, but that's also the team I'm leading. And it was like a weird, and I literally walked up and then I went back down and I was like, I'm going to miss the meeting. And I, and that's not to toot my own horn. That's the human in me that I was like, I really don't have to do this right now because I really am going somewhere. But to me, it was like, Bailey, right now, this is a leadership moment for you where they see you walk out and you're their leader. So 100%. like that was a moment for me where God was like, you're not too big to do that. You're not too, you never get too big to move a chair or to pick up trash. And like, it was a very good like, uh, 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 duke, duke, okay, I'm going back. And then yeah. I cleaned up all pit balls. And it was horrible. <laughs> and they were yeah. gross. They had soda all over <laughs> But that was like a, a small thing that I've learned. Um, but what would be like some tips that you or Ty have learned? Just like a, either it was a humbling thing or whatever. Ty, do you want to chime in? <laughs> yeah. Um, just some notes I was kind of taking down. And one thing that I've noticed, especially in leadership, is like everybody is always watching, you know, yep. no matter – action if it's a tone in your voice if it's um, just simple attention that you give their children when they come up to you and they just want to show you their drawing from kids church like giving a kid will notice like 
when you are truly paying attention to them and when you're giving them undivided attention. So, so good. Um, just always sowing those good seeds back into the families that are part of your church and sowing it in their lives and being a good representation to them. Is, that's just kind of one thing I've always know, or I guess, yeah, just really always notice is like people are always watching you, whether they're in the conversation with you, a side of the conversation or across the room, they're watching yeah. your actions who you communicate, how you communicate, how you carry yourself, whether you're coming in with your shirt tucked in or you're coming in with a wrinkled collar looks they like are. a bacon strip. You know what I'm saying? Like they're going to they kind of notice everything. So um, just honoring the Lord and all of your actions and the way you represent him. I mean, we just want to represent him with excellence. Yeah. And, Spirit um, of excellence. Yeah. I mean, your name is tied to him. You know, it's tied to him. So you just want to reflect him as, as best you can. So that's kind of what I've just kind of learned. That's so true. The leaders that I look back on that made the most profound impact on my life just had time to look me in the eye. You Mm -hmm. know, they moved slowly through the back calls. They didn't rush. They were sensitive to the Holy Spirit and stopped and activated in their gifts and were willing to prophesy, willing to encourage, willing to be stopped and interrupted. Jesus was so interruptible. And I think if we're going to look at how to be good leaders, we can look at his life and find everything that we need. But he was always like... I imagine him giving beautiful eye contact when he was speaking yeah. love and life into people, um, moving slowly, being interruptible on his way to do different parts of his ministry, but like being interrupted. I mean, all throughout the New Testament or through his life, you see him being interrupted and the disciples watching and learning from him. Like what Ty said, like you're you're constantly being watched, which there can be pressure that comes with that. Yeah. There can, and I think we need to be aware of, aware of that pressure before we become leaders. Yeah. Um, you are held to a different standard. You are supposed to live differently. You are supposed to be more above reproach than just the average person yeah. when you step into a position of leadership. But I I think it's really beautiful when people have time for people. No, and, that's and they such genuinely a simple thing care. too. It's simple, but am I in this because it's my calling and I'm more wrapped up in me mm. and my calling? Or do I love people? Yeah. Am I doing this because I want to give my life to love people and support and be there for people and teach people and help people? Yeah. You know? Something that I had to learn very early on in ministry was overflow, pouring out from overflow. Because if you're not taking care of you and Jesus first, it's very hard for you to go and take care of someone else and to take their burdens and to deal with their mess when you haven't been constantly filtering your life through the Holy Spirit. It's like a, um, it drains you quick. It's where burnout happens. It's where temptation happens in your weaker moments. But as you are privately spending time with Jesus for his goodness, not for your calling, not for your ministry, just because you love him and just because of the time that you've, quality time, I guess is the best way to pursue. Yeah. Say, if you're spending quality time with Jesus and you're continuously getting the word and you're getting um, deposits from God, then when you go out, you can be open and available to other people and pour from the overflow. Um, so consistently, consistently, like if I could shake myself my first year of ministry and say one thing, you have to consistently be in prayer. You have to consistently totally. be in your word. You have to consistently be worshiping because people are relying on you to be whatever they need in that moment. But you first just have to be a daughter. You have to sit at the feet of the father and know your place and ready your spirit and ready your heart so that you can go be whatever that is. Right. Um, and then That's very good. one more thing that I was going to say, and then you got, uh, these are just like little 
things I put that if you never stop learning, you'll never stop growing. So you always have to be able to learn and to be able to take things from somebody because you never get all the knowledge. I've listened to a lot of young people my age. They'll be listening to amazing, amazing communicators. And they're like, well, the message just didn't really apply to me or it didn't really hit for me. And I'm like, well, it was the word of God. So something should have like, something should have connected. Maybe they're whole, maybe they're not your cup of tea as a communicator, but the word of God is alive and it is active. And so maybe you just weren't in a position to be able to receive because you're whatever it was. So just being able to learn and know that I could learn, I learned stuff from my kindergartners about God. And about yeah. the way that life works. So just stay like learning. Teachable. Teachable. Keep teachable. a teachable spirit. Be hungry to learn. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's like a beautiful thing when somebody wants to learn. It is. Um, and then I said what you go through, like I've learned that it brings power to your testimony and it brings weight to it. So it doesn't, like I said, disqualify you. It actually qualifies you because when you've For gone sure. through it and you're on the other side of it, you now have an anointing in that thing. Um, that exact thing. And then I put, be who you needed and who you wanted. I always think of the leaders that made an impact on me. They did stop. They did talk to me. They were available. I asked them to get coffee and they would. And I, I, not that you can get coffee with every single person, but if someone's trying to learn from you, like don't be above that and don't just be like, Oh, we'll do it sometime. Like if they're continuously trying to make time to be around you, make time to be around them. Yeah. Because you would have wanted that. Um, and then I put And if tithe. you're ever treated, if you're, yeah, tithe, oh my <laughs> goodness, I don't want to treat that like that small. Um, but if you were ever treated in a way that you kind of walk away going, wow, that didn't feel like they made time for me or that hurt my feelings or that whatever, instead of just repeating that to someone else, if it was something you, if someone that you admire that kind of just maybe they were having a bad day or maybe they had a bad moment and maybe they just acted in a way that you were like, wow, that was really disappointing. I didn't think they were like that. You also can choose in that moment, like, I never want to make someone feel that way. Yes, like, that's so good. How do I want to make Learn people feel? Learn from their feel? do's and don'ts. Yeah, as a leader, like, how do I want to make people feel when they walk away from spending time with me? Did I pause to give them some time that's so good. in the middle of my rush? Because we are in too much of a rush all the time. Yes, so yes, yes, yes. we yes. have to be better at slowing down. That's so good. And then the next thing, we kind of took longer on the first two, but I want you, this is just you. What is your dating (laughs) slash marriage advice because you do have a really great marriage um dating was so long ago for me now i know but your real life like a lot of people that listen to this are either single or newly married just to give you like a perspective we do have some parents shout out i love all the support for bay i love that there are people who are like 20 plus years older than me that have kids that listen to this podcast like I genuinely love that, and I'm so thankful that you care enough to listen to me. (laughs) But God can use anything. It's just, it's very, They have a teachable spirit. Yes, thank you so much for (laughs) listening. But um, for the people who are dating and who are single or recently married, what are your just like dating That's a lot of different categories. So we'll go to dating. Okay. Um, It's been 10 years, over 10 years since I was dating. So it was a long time ago. Um, We just celebrated 10 years married. Um, two Ooh. weeks ago, yeah, two weeks ago. Um, huge accomplishment. We were really excited about that. Celebrated well. As you should. Um, but for dating, I would say 
And you're going to love my advice because I say it to you. <laughs> don't overthink it. I'm like, she's looking into me in my <laughs> eyes right now. Like, don't so much of when I talk to, like, younger generation, okay? And mm-hmm. I'm, gosh, I say that and I sound like I'm old. Um, I'm not old. But, you know, just people that are single yeah. and wanting to find someone, especially in the church world. I turn my nose up because it's like, oh, my gosh, we get weird about asking someone on a date. We get weird about it. And then we go and it's like one date. And one of the two people is like, this is it. You know, or I'm going to marry this person. Not that that happens every time. But I think it's left people overthinking the whole process. Like, am I going to let this person down if we just go get coffee and I don't like them? What if I don't like them? And then you're overthinking everything. But I think everyone just kind of needs to understand the dating process is that. It's dating. It's getting to know someone. It's deciding, is this person my type? Do I like their humor? Do we get along? Are they carrying a lot of baggage into this relationship that I might bring into my marriage in the future? Mm. Is it worth it? You know, (laughs) you're kind of learning to discern like the red flags, but the green flags, like the good stuff about people that you like. You, I think dating is good. Dating well is good. Mm-hmm. Having boundaries is good. Go, girls, going on a date with a man who honors your boundaries is good, not someone who pushes you past what you say. Hey, I don't feel like this is right. While we're dating, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go past this. This is who I am. And I think a real man would respect that. Um, and I've heard people say, oh, well, that is so, how do you find someone like that? God will bring you the right person. Yeah. He will. Um, so I think you should have fun when you date and not get so serious about it. And then a few dates in, as you're starting to get to know each other, Mm -hmm. like, and if you're, if your heart is going, okay, I really like this person, Mm -hmm. um, you should start asking more questions about each other, like about their upbringing, their past, their family dynamics and get to know all of those things. Because if it is someone that you want to marry, all of that from their childhood, their family dynamics, things that they've picked up on in their lifetime, things that they've gone through, trauma, that's such a used word right now, but it's real. It will get brought into your marriage if it's unresolved before marriage. So I think you, you I would just say like too. dating advice, you get to know, you don't want secrets, but Matt and I didn't talk about our past before we got married. He said, I would love for you to get to know me for who I am now, like since I've been saved first, as opposed to what I've done or what I did in my past or whatever. And as we dated, we talked more about that. But at first, we just got to know each other for who we were now Man. in Christ, new creation. Wait, that is so good. Yeah. I want to do that. I actually asked him a really personal question on like our second or third date. And he said, I'll answer any question you want to ask me. He goes, but I really think it's so important for us to just get to know each other for who we are now and not yeah, who I we were. Yeah, because I count people out because they're like... <laughs> Seven well, we years to, ago. And well, I'm we like, ha- no, <laughs> we have to trust. We have to trust that if they love Jesus, we have to see the fruit of their life right now. You know, like yeah. if you're dating, what's the fruit of their life right now? Maybe they went through I don't stuff. Be maybe they made mistakes. Past, for sure. But if they went through a lot of stuff in their childhood or maybe they went through a lot of stuff with their family or things that they're, they're opening up and telling you about this, it's like, you know, what have you done? Like, do you feel like God's healed that in you? Do you feel like there's resolve in you? Like have vulnerable conversations the more serious you get to That's dating good. because you want to know these things. And talk about these things in marriage prep. Everyone should do marriage prep counseling. Everyone. Don't skip that part. Like it saved us. You heard it here first. We, <laughs> our first year of marriage, we lived in Brooklyn in a teeny tiny space with no money. And we couldn't have done that if we didn't go to counseling, like do marriage, a marriage prep course that our church provided. And we learned 
how to communicate. We learned things about our past that might cause us to argue and how we would argue and being more aware of your spouse. Like when you get married, you're 24 seven, like around that person. And there are going to be things that you're learning about each other in those first years of marriage, you know? But, um, so I guess I'm like segueing into marriage, but I feel like the popular advice that everyone wants to hear is like, marry your best friend. Like it's a fairy tale. It's the best thing in the world. It's a love story. Um, it baby, is. just say. <laughs> oh, T Swift. <laughs> um, yeah, like, and all of that's true. Marry someone who like encourages you in your goals and dreams. And I am with you. There's on all a butt of that. coming up. I can. There is a butt. It. There isn't a but. I don't want to say but because I I like that. I love that. And I'm not saying that my husband hasn't been that. He has been that. Like, I am very blessed to have that in my husband. But at the same time, I guess I did say but. Man, I was trying to say it's important to consider that when you are married, it's not maybe we'll have a hard time. Maybe we'll have a big argument. Maybe we'll get frustrated with each other. Mm-hmm. You will. Yeah. You will have harder seasons. Marriages ebb and flow. And before you make that commitment for the rest of your life, I think it's important for you to understand the vows that you're making before God. I think it's important for you to understand for better and for worse. Before you get married, think about all the worst, the things that you could go through, yeah. sickness, financial strain, hardship with raising children, um, temptations that you're going to face. I mean, if we're going to be real on this podcast, like the enemy has a target on marriages right now. I've watched it in the marriages around me. I've been married long enough for my friends to be going through divorce or them to be struggling in their marriages and calling me and talking to me about this. And like porn is at fingertips mm. and it's ruining marriages. Not just that, but like yeah. spouses aren't learning how to communicate with one another another and when they are in need of help they're not asking for help their pride guards are up they're not going to counseling they're not bringing in the wisdom even if you're like your parents are trustworthy or maybe there's like a couple in your life like a mentor like pull them in I always say to married couples don't wait till you're in the red don't wait till you've been arguing for four six months don't wait until you've just been clashing for so long and you feel like now you're strangers to one another and you're irritated all the time don't wait to pull in help like when you go into the yellow be like maybe we could get better at communicating because we always can in our marriage maybe we could get better at laying down our personal preferences and maybe I've allowed myself to get prideful and I need to say how can I serve my husband today every day when I wake up how can I serve my husband today and trust that he's going to ask the same question you know and I'm just really passionate about that and I think we have to be real that in order to have healthy marriages we need to be ready to do the work and when we say for better or for worse until death do us part like I will remain beside you faithful to you loyal to you like And that both of you understand what that means before you make the vows. You know what I mean? That's so good. Yeah, I asked Lindsay last night. I was like, give it to me straight. I was like, besides them being madly in love with Jesus, I was like, what's like right under? Like, what's like, I know, you know, cliche. <laughs> That's like, hard to Equally answer. yoked. I was like, what's under? And I was like, and be honest with me, how far away is chemistry on that list? And she was like, chemistry is not far away. She was like, chemistry is important. It is not the most important but it is important. And that kind of like makes me feel better as a young single Christian. Cause you're like, they always say, you know, make sure they love God and that you love them on the inside and the outside will change. And you're like, what if I just don't like the outside? Like, do I just cave on that? And I'm no, like, you need to be they physically have a great attracted. heart. <laughs> like, no, you need to be physically they attracted. Like and it that, doesn't though. mean that they're like, 
you know, your checklist or your type that you always had. I'm not saying that. Like, hopefully you are so physically attracted because of their inner. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I think both matter. And I think sometimes we, do. Li- we like to think it's like shallow or selfish to say that, but it's really not. It's important. And you want to wake up and be excited to wake up to the person you're next to and want to go on dates with them and want to, for sure. you know, kiss them and stuff. And when you're married, <laughs> for that's sure. all good. So, hey, oh, I want to be, I'm, you know, so... I think all that is important. I was just like, sometimes I think older people try to convince us that they're like, and it is, the inside is way more important, and I'm fully in support of that. But you should want to be attracted to the person that you're going to spend your life with. Like, don't let anyone think yeah, that's for a sure, bad thing. Yeah, for sure, but you will get to a point where you wrinkle and you age and looks fade, even if you try to prevent it from happening with all the things. Like, yeah, true. It happens, but by that time in your marriage, like how we love each other now is completely different than when we got married 10 years ago, yeah. you know? But my attraction and love for my husband is so much stronger yeah. because of time spent and life done and friendship built, yeah. you know? I think who can you just and, hang out with one-on-one, though? And you just one, choose. You also choose every day. Like, I love when people say marriage is a choice and not a feeling. Like, so much of younger generation is like, I want to feel, I want to feel, I want to feel. Well, there's going to be days where you wake up and you're like, you left your towel on the floor again. Maybe I'm using one that irritates me. Um, <laughs> you left your towel on the floor She's again. like, saying for a friend, but really. <laughs> <laughs> My friend told me this. Matt doesn't do that. Um, or you, you know, you really, I have to put your dish in the dishwasher. And you start getting this posture of like, that loses, how can I serve you today? Yeah. Um, and you just start letting the little things start to irritate you. But I don't know. That was like my little rabbit trail. I love rabbit trails. The little things, yeah. Of that's going to happen and you're not going to feel it. That's what I was saying. You're not going to feel it all the time. It's not always going to be like, I'm so in love with you right now. Like that's just not how it is. Like I'm so So in love love with you. No, you don't feel it in that moment. And marriage isn't a feeling. It is a commitment. Yeah. And it is, I have decided. And what's really beautiful for my personal situation is I know that when Matt decided it was me in 10 years, I've never checked his phone. I've never questioned if he was for me. I've never doubted that he meant what he said to me when he said he was going to be faithful for better, for worse. And there are marriages who might be listening or relationships where you're like, wow, that is not the case for me. We check each other's phones and we go back and forth and whatever. Um, That's for another episode. But Lindsay will be back, guys. Don't worry. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I... I think the greatest gift Matt's ever given me is the trust that we have in one another. Yeah. Like to know that he chose me and he's always going to choose me. And I never have to second guess that. Yeah. One thing, sorry, last thing, and then I'll go to the last two final thoughts. But I do want you to share because this really helped me. Um, I love your perspective on the one it like oh. freed me of so. <laughs> I thought you were going to say freaked me out. <laughs> no, no. It freed me. It like provided a. Because the pressure comes from all that you were talking about at the beginning stems for the one, that ideology, that there's only one person, and if you miss it, you mess up the whole entire world, so you just mess everybody womp, up. Womp, womp. Who told that? Who started I that story? I don't know, but Lindsay really cleared they that up They need to stop it. They're <laughs> ruining people's minds and putting pressure on people. There's not, like, the one is the one you choose. Mic drop. Boom. <laughs> That's that. Lindsay was talking to me, and she was like, I was like, well, what if I miss the one God has for me? And she was like, what? And what I was are you like, talking about? <laughs> I was like, but then I mess up everyone. And everyone marries the wrong person because I married the wrong person. And she was like, no, you don't have no, that no, kind no. of 
Like, you're good. And God doesn't, like, God loves us too much for us to feel the weight that we missed. We broke the world. (laughs) Yeah. I think that if you're like, there's only one person for me, I don't know. I just, I've. I've seen people go through tragedy or death and lose their spouse and then get remarried. And like, God, you know, you, you choose who you're with and who you're going to keep your vows to. And God blesses and honors that. And he's a part of that. And he puts his hand on that and he anoints you and he graces you and he blesses you yeah. for everything that is ahead of you in your marriage. But, you know, I chose Matt for sure. And yeah. because I chose him, he's the one. Yeah. You know, and I think... If you've got your checklist and you're like, the one is going to look like this, he's going to talk like this, he's going to make this much money, he's going to have this job, he's going to provide this for me, and then God sends a man into your life that's actually perfect for you but maybe isn't all of those things, maybe you're creating the concept of the one when really you just choose. You choose the person that is the one and they are the one for the rest of your life. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, 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 that does make sense. I think it's like once you know that – you guys are running the same race and that you are equally yoked, then it's like, okay, now I know this person loves God. I know they love me well. I know that God is in this because there's times that God's not in stuff. And you know, like if you really have a relationship with God, then you're going to know something's going to be off. There's going to be like a lack of peace, whatever. But when you know, like God's in this and I love this person, but you're waiting on like, is it the one? Like Lindsay said, I think it relieves the pressure of like, it does. Wow. Like this person is only bringing me closer to God we're growing together we're communicating we we desire to serve each other even the phrase the one let's just throw that out you know like let's just kick it to the side the one because it's like let's ask some real questions you know is this man or woman a man of God is he fun do I enjoy spending time with him like is our would I want to hang out with him more than anyone else like, do does he encourage me? Does he speak life in me? Does he see the best in yeah. me? Does he verbally affirm me? Does he, you know, does he have a good work ethic? How does he treat his mom? Like, you know, yeah. like we can get silly about things like that, but it's true. Like, who is this man or woman that I'm spending time with? And if their values and calling and life lines up with yours, they're the one. You know, like they can be the one or it doesn't work out with them. And then the next person you meet that lines up with your values and you have fun together and you whatever, maybe they're the one like, but it's not this. I missed him and I felt like he was the one and now he's married to someone else. So what happened? No, no. Yeah. Don't don't fall into that trap. Throw away the one. Ty, do you have any do you have (laughs) anything to add to that? No, I've never heard that before. I completely agree with you. I love that. uh, (laughs) I mean, just to hear you say, like, y'all didn't really talk about your past. Like, I thought I was the only crazy person that took that route. (laughs) Really? I I love to, like... It's helpful, though, right? It is. And, like, I felt like at that time, it was better and more important to focus on the now and moving forward rather than dwelling on things that was a completely different person or arguing over spilt milk or it's just, like... For sure. I just didn't feel like it was very necessary in my mind I guess to focus on the past for I was sure like, dude I'm not even that person anymore that was a mistake I learned from it I totally. moved over it like I agree. I'll answer any question that you had like you said and I'm happy to address it but like I don't want to dwell on it because that's pa- that's the past that's yeah. old I'm ready to look for the for the future and like I've just never heard anybody else say that and I thought I was kind of crazy for not <laughs> addressing the past <laughs> and not really going over and dwelling on that stuff but no, we that's just so had good. 
we just had in our relationship, mine and my wife's, we just have so much trust. And for you to say not to not go through uh, your phone, like that statement, I was like, that's awesome. You know what I'm saying? And um, we kind of have that same thing. I've never snooped. I've never looked through the phone. And that, that trust factor is what keeps us it's so. Huge. It's like, huge. Because you're not worried about what they're doing late at night or yeah. who they're talking to or what they're snooping around on their um, social media. You know, you're just, you're able to have a less stressful, more trustworthy relationship that allows that's you to okay. serve that person and instead of having a sideways tactic of, oh, what are they up to or what's going on or, you know, just that the trust factor is huge. So yeah. And I would say if you have that, like, snooping around in the dating process, that would be a huge stop sign for me on engagement and marriage. Like, I think we've got a lot of things to work out. I'm not saying that you have to break up, but I think there's a lot to yeah. dig into and work out. Maybe it's personal insecurities in one of the individuals or both. Uh, maybe you just got started off on Rocky Foundations and you didn't have a good example of how to do relationships. That's okay. That happens to people. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good that you don't. Um, but I would say try to bring in someone that you admire their relationship and that it isn't struggling with those issues that could speak into your relationship before you decide to get more serious on that. Amen. So good. And then the last two things, we'll have to go quick because we're going a little bit longer. But like I said, if it's good, I don't really I know. I don't want to keep time. No, no, no. You're good. The last two things are something God's showing you right now. And you can share um, about Romans 12, 2. 12, yes. 1 and 2. I was saying this to Bailey yesterday. Um, just in this last season, I just feel like God has changed Matt and I so much in the best way. I mean, we should be ever changing and growing when yeah. we're in relationship with Jesus. And we've paused, and it's a wild thing to do when you were at a pace of 110 miles an hour for the last eight years. Mm -hmm. um, and so then you literally hit the brakes before you step into what's next. And we're in a very unique time in our life. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I have just fallen in love with all over again um, Romans 12:2, And it just says... Um, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And sometimes we just stop there, but it all says, so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and the perfect will of God. Um, so we read that and we go, okay, cool. We're going to, we're going to be, we're not going to be worldly. We want to be holy. We want to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We want to do what's good and pleasing and perfect to God. Mm -hmm. Um, but how do we do that? Like, and I love that the Bible's practical and it never leaves us going, well, how do we do that? Like there is an answer in here. Maybe yeah. we just have to dig a little bit. So then I've been back and forth from trusting that God will renew my mind in the areas that I need it to be renewed. Um, but a lot of, a lot of people around me, I mean, it's like the normal for people to experience fear and anxiety. Yeah. Um, and depression or just mental instability. And I, personally have had anxiety before yeah. I know what that feels like but I'm also aware of when I have it my eyes aren't fixed on Jesus and I'm allowing myself to worry I'm allowing my brain mm -hmm. to get in a loop I'm going down a trail of imagining what's going to happen the in my life ifs. the what ifs man the what ifs are not a part of being transformed by the renewing of our mind they are so fear God. and they are worry and they are not from God and sometimes we're down the what if rabbit trail before we even realize it and need to like reel it back in um, so I just wanted to read the practical way to renew our mind I'm so passionate about this right now and it's in Philippians 4 verse 6 through 8 and it says this, don't worry about anything. Can we just stop there? Do you ever just read the Bible and go, don't worry about anything? 
whoa. And then I paused for a second and I'm like, I was worrying about this. Yeah. I was thinking about this with my child. I, I mean, this is clear. Don't worry about anything. We justify worry all the time in our lives. Yeah. Um, don't worry about anything. But in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So when I feel tempted to worry, what renews my mind, because worry isn't from God, it's in yeah. my mind and it's there, but it's not from him. Amen. But he wants me to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. So he tells me that through prayer, petition and thanksgiving, I can present my request to God first. And then it says, and then, I love this, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind. The transforming of your mind. When we pray, when we say, God, this has been weighing heavy on me. It's been a repetitive thought. It has to do with work. It has to do with my relationship. It has to do with my children. It has to do with my marriage. Whatever yeah. it is, I've been worrying, Lord. This is not from you. I want to give this to you. And then it says, it's a promise. And then the peace of God. Yeah. will guard your heart and your mind. So you also need to receive, after I present this to God, the way that my mind is renewed is he guards me and he gives me peace and I don't have to worry anymore. But then he goes even more practical. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence, if there's anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. So good. So I heard Pastor Bill Johnson um, at Bethel teach on this um, in one of his teachings that I was listening to. And it really, I've thought about it anytime I've allowed myself to worry or get anxious. Because uh -huh. he said, you know, we all have the tendency to get fearful. And he said, if I ever start to feel like, anxious or like I'm nervous about something or I'm worried about something, I'll think to myself, God, where did I drop my peace? Where mm -hmm. did I drop my peace? Was it on a phone call? Was it when I argued, like, do I get in an argument with my spouse? Like what happened? Wow. And he goes, and I go back to that moment and I say, no, I'm picking up my peace, Lord. I am not allowing this to enter into my life, whatever. And then he said, he always thinks on one of those things, something that's true, something that's honorable, something that's lovely, pure, commendable, that's moral so excellence, praiseworthy. So when we're tempted to worry, we pray, we receive the peace of God. And then I think about the truth because usually worry and fear is a lie. Yeah. So I think about the truth or I think about something lovely, like me and my kids laughing and playing or taking them to go swim or just something that shifts my mind. Yeah. And the Bible's like, this is how your mind's renewed. This is how your mind is transformed. And it helps so us good. to be biblically content and what it means to just be content in all circumstances. Like we could be in the middle of a really hard season and still choose to meditate on what's true, what's noble, what's worthy, what's praiseworthy, or what's praiseworthy and excellent. And now we're navigating a hard season without fear and doubt, but Which with is peace possible. and confidence. It is. It yeah. is possible. In the Bible. So, the Bible is clear about that. The thing that I've been learning um, is just getting back to the basics. I think that there's times in your life where you're like expansion, 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 and you're growing. And there's there's seasons, and the Bible is very clear about that. But I also think that there's times where God is like, all right, you've done a lot of growing. You've done a lot. Now let's sit and let's like really just sure. be with me. And so um, I think that when you put a lot of pressure on yourself, 
that in some ways you're taking the authority off of God because you're putting it all on you and you're like, I have to do this and I am called to do this. And it's like, no, 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 God called me to do this and God is within me. So God is in this and God is in everything. And so I've just been getting back to the basics and maybe that's a good advice for someone who you feel, if you're a dreamer, if you desire to do anything great with your life, you're going to feel pressure and there's a healthy pressure. But in whatever you're doing, if your intention is to do it for God, then continuously give it to God over and over again. And I promise you that he will begin to do a work in you. So I've just been, before I'm going to do anything, before I'm a podcast person, I don't even know what they call those people, (laughs) before I'm going to go preach and kid back, before I'm going to go be a good friend, I'm his daughter. And if I can be a daughter to the king first, then out of the abundance of the love that I have for my father, I make it personable, I make it intimate, I make it like for Bailey and for God, just us two, as long as I'm taking care of that and I'm honoring that time, then everything else is coming from the abundance of that. So um, just being a daughter, that's what I've been learning. And I always am learning that and relearning it, but this time especially, I'm just sitting at his feet, telling him about my day, letting him love on me, and it's been so, 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 so good. Um, and then the last question, thank you. I love you. This is so good. Last question. And this is my favorite question is advice for 16 year old Lindsay, who I knew. Oh my gosh. Well, thinking of talking about overthinking, I got this question. Why was this the hardest of all the (laughs) ones you sent me today? Because I'm like, I'm like, I really need to think about what I would say to myself, but no, I'm actually just going to like off the top of my head, like what I said this morning, like I said, you know what? I'm not going to overthink this. And the first thing that I would tell 16-year-old Lindsay is you're not going to marry the person that you're dating. And actually, the person that you're going to marry is so much better than the person that you're dating. And no shame on the person I was dating. But it's just when you marry the person that God has for you, like that God intended for you to marry. And if that's confusing about the one, like we're not going back into that. But, you know, like God brings people together. Yeah, To say that. And that is who God had for me. Like, just stop. Just stop. Just be patient. Yeah, and date in a way that honors God. Just do it because you'll be so happy to be able to tell your husband one day that you dated the way that honors God and pleases him. And it is worth it. And people can do it. You can do it. That's what I would say. You can do it. When everyone else isn't doing it, you can do it. And for you to say that you waited until you were married one day to your husband or for you to say that, like, I dated in a way that I thought of you, even though I didn't know you, I thought of you when I was dating. Then I wanted to honor God first. And then I also wanted to be able to, like, say to you, you were worth the wait and you were everything that I hoped and more. And I didn't have to try to find that fulfillment in a bunch of guys along the way. Mm. So I would say that. I literally said that last night. I said, I'm so excited. I said this to Lindsay. I said, just like in casual conversation, I was like, I'm so excited to meet the guy that I'm like, Lindsay, he was so worth it. Like he was so worth my purity. I can't purity. wait to meet that guy. And he was so worth my purity. <laughs> he was so worth the prayers that I've prayed. Whoever my future husband is, you are covered. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I'll be praying for you all the time. But whoever it is, I'm like, I'm so excited for that. And so that is like practical advice that she's on the other side of it. But I'm in it. So if you're like, it's easy to say because she's married. I'm in it. I'm literally waiting on the person God has for me. And I know I could go, not in a... Uh, Conceited way. I could go text whoever. Anyone can go on a date. Anyone can hook up. But honoring God with your dating will set you up for a marriage that is honoring to him, that is blessed. So you, Lindsay's on the other side of it, and it's beautiful. Ty's on the other side of it, and it's great. I'm in the middle with you. 
So Waiting. we can do it. We can wait. Don't wait settle. Well. Wait well. But uh, this was so good, Lindsay. I love you. I'm like <laughs> this was fun. encouraged right now. And um, you are great, Ty. You are great. The whole podcast today was just so good, so fruitful. And I hope that you learned something. And um, I pray that everyone has the best week. Go back and listen to this. Take notes. Send it to a friend. And also... On my Instagram, at What's Bay Say, we have merch. And it's cute. It's so cute, and I'm going to be wearing it in the next episode. But we have merch, and it has my slogan on the back. Um, it is on Linktree and my website. Go ahead and get it. I have a hoodie and a tote bag, and they have been prayed over. They have been physically prayed over. They have been prayed <laughs> over and prepared for you, and they will start great conversations, and they're cute. So go ahead and get some merch, and we also have some cups. So some lucky people, so when you cute. order, are going to get some of these cups. So make sure you order and um, are staying up to date with what's based, say, on Instagram, YouTube. We're going to do a big giveaway. A lot of exciting things happening, and God is working, and he's using it. So thank you for being a part. But I love you guys. I hope you have the best week ever. And as always, remember to look for the good in things. And if there's no good, you become the good in things. So adios. Awesome. It's good. We're going to have a good day. And all my homies going to ride today. That's right. And all these mommies look like.